from the examples of servants of Allah and our children of Adam. With regards to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'een, and their relevance with the Qur'an, and their living the Qur'an is Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu. We know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with regards to alcohol, He made it haram in stages. There was tadarruj. There was tadarruj. And every time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed a stage, Umar radiallahu anhu made a dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reveal clear instruction with regards to alcohol. There was something in him with regards to the act. And when the next stage came, he made the dua again. And when the next stage came, making alcohol forbidden in clear text, immediately he said, intahayna, intahayna. We have stopped. Immediate submission to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is living the Qur'an. And this is Islam. For Islam means istislam. To submit to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the moment that you are living in. That same moment you ask yourself, is this beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What does the Qur'an say about this? If it's beloved, I will practice it. And if it's not, I will refrain from it. Submission to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from the true submitters to His will. Ameen. We have as a third example, the example of Abu Talha radiallahu anhu. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed, لَن تَنَالُوا الْبِرَّ حَتَّى تُنْفِقُوا مِمَّا تُحِبُّونَ That you will not acquire piety until you spend, not any spending, but from that which you love. From that which you love. That's what you give for the sake of Allah. Give the best to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a lesson for us, especially for those who supposedly volunteer for Islamic organizations. I don't like to use the word volunteer, I like to use the word invest, the investors. Because whatever you do for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remains and is multiplied. So there's no sacrifice, you're not losing anything. You're investing something, it's gained for you. You gave one dollar to Allah, He multiplied it ten or 700, or as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wished. You gave him one minute of your time, he multiplied it for you, he made your jannah bigger. So there's no sacrifice. Sacrifice has the connotation of something being given up. It's an investment. It's a lesson to those who invest. That when you work with an Islamic organization, and give time for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And give wealth for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Be more diligent than the time you spend at your day job. Be more diligent. It shouldn't be that because you quote unquote volunteering, that you miss your deadlines. There's a deadline tomorrow, you're tired, you say, Khair, I'll do it after two days. They'll understand. Yes, they'll understand. But have you understood? That's the question. لَن تَنَالُوا الْبِرُ حَتَّى تُنْفِقُوا مِمَّا تُحِبُّونَ Until you spend from that which is beloved to you. Abu Talha radiallahu anhu, he had a garden, Bayruha, as is found in the sunnah. And it was beloved to him. And it faced Masjid al-Nabawi. And when he heard this ayah, he went to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and said, this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said. This garden is for Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Submission, brothers and sisters. Take
taking the Qur'an as a true companion. Not just at face value. So these are examples. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be with these people in Jannah. Ameen. And inspire us to walk the path they walked whilst we live our lives in this world. Ameen. As the poet said, أُولَٰئِكَ آبَائِ فَجِئْنِي بِمِثْلِهِمْ That those are our fathers, so bring me those like them. Where are they? Where are the men of our ummah? It starts with living the Qur'an. So my dear brothers and sisters, we see the companions and the attachment to the Qur'an. And from abandoning the Qur'an, is not looking after the commands. Today, subhanallah, how many read the Qur'an? And they read the ayah in the Qur'an, أَنْفِقُوا مِنْ طَيِّبَاتِ مَا كَسَبْتُمْ وَمِمَّا أَخْرَجْنَا لَكُمْ مِنَ الْأَرْضِ How many times do we read Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructing us to spend from the tayyibat, from the, from the halal that we have acquired and earned, and to spend in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How many times have we read this? But in the same breath, we read it whilst our businesses are based upon interest. Allahul Musta'an. Or we have businesses that sell alcohol. Allahul Musta'an. This is from abandoning the Qur'an. That we don't look after the borders that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed in this Qur'an. Establish the salah. But salah is not established. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. There's an athar which does not seem to be established as something said by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But the meaning of it no doubt is correct. It's mentioned by Imam al-Ghazali rahmatullahi alayhi. And obviously he got it from others. It is said that the Prophet ﷺ said, but as I said, it's not established. It's not established. But his meaning is correct. As Shaykh ibn Baz, rahmatullahi alayhi, and others have said, the meaning is correct. How many a person recites the Qur'an and the Qur'an is cursing him? Allahul Musta'an. You're reciting the Qur'an and the Qur'an is cursing you. Why? Because you're reading what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed. You're reading the words of Allah. رب العزة والجلال الواحد القهار الأحد الفرد الصمد الذي لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد You're reading it by night and contradicting it by day والعياذ بالله So let's revise ourselves O servants of Allah and O children of Adam Let's revise ourselves in this context of abandonment May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us We shouldn't lose hope This is not a point of making us become sad Rather, it's a means of highlighting the obvious which we have forgotten. Sometimes there's so much noise around us that we fail to hear ourselves. We fail to see that what we're actually doing is wrong. Right? So it's just a means of highlighting an issue. But the believer is the one that makes men's immediately. They turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ثُمَّ يَتُوبُونَ مِنْ قَرِيبٍ as is in the last quarter of the fourth juz. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that immediately they seek forgiveness for their mistakes. For those Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives. Let's never lose hope. As long as we're breathing, we always have a chance to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And seek forgiveness for our mistakes. And seeking forgiveness starts with amends. So don't become sad. La. Rather become a person of action who's going to take amends now. With the vision of 
being a companion to the Qur'an, and with the vision of making the Qur'an a companion in his or her life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding. Ameen. From the ways, brothers and sisters, that we abandon the Qur'an is by not taking heed when reciting the Qur'an. We don't recite it properly, taking care of the makhraj, and taking care of the tajweed. And some of the scholars like Imam al-Jazari, rahmatullahi alayhi, they considered reciting the Qur'an with tajweed, wajib. Wajib, compulsory. And you sinful if you don't. We've all memorized. Al-akhdu bit-tajweedi hatmul lazimu. Man lam yujawwidi al-Qur'an aathimu. We've memorized the, the poetry of Imam al-Jazari. Right? That to recite the Qur'an with tajweed is compulsory. And whoever doesn't is sinful. We recite the Qur'an and we are ascertaining and acquiring sins. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Thus we must make, this doesn't mean we should leave reciting the Qur'an. La. We should recite the Qur'an on whatever level we've reached. But we should have an active means accompanying us that helps us improve the recitation of the Qur'an. Getting involved in the Qur'an halaqat, the Qur'an circles that are specialized towards teaching us the correct recitation. Listening to the good Qur'an, to acquire from them the correct recitation. This is the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah will build your jannah by it, and make your skills heavy on the day of qiyamah through it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us beautiful reciters of the Qur'an. Amen. From the ways, brothers and sisters, that we abandon the Qur'an is through not respecting it. Through not respecting it. Now this is a touchy topic. Because we have two extremes with regards to this concept and matter. We have the one extreme that is so focused on staying away from bid'ah, and this is good, that they end up allowing matters that are clearly disrespect of the Qur'an. And then we have those who take respecting the Qur'an to a level that they include in their practice that which is bid'ah, not established as a practice from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Or they practice it in such a way as if it's a sunnah. These are two extremes. We have to be in the middle. Avoiding bid'ah is important. But disrespecting the Qur'an is also an evil thing. Disrespecting the Qur'an is even an evil thing. Revering the Qur'an is from the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. These are the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It should never ever be belittled. And never forget that from the outset, acts which are not considered worship are permissible. This is a qa'idah well known that has been established by the fuqaha and the ulama of usul. That that which is not worship from the outset is permissible. Revering the Qur'an in a practical matter, not considering it to be from the sunnah or a means of worship is permissible is permissible. We need to take care of this principle. But we also have to take care of the principle of looking after the ways of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'een and how they respected the Qur'an. Because we know the Qur'an came in book form after Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or in one book. It doesn't mean it wasn't written down at the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But we're talking it as something compiled, as a mushaf, as we know it today. So we need to look at how they practiced or what they practices were with the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We find in the sunnah, I'm trying to remember where I saw the narration. But khair, it's in one of the, the, the books of the sunnah. 
Abu Dawood or Al-Nasai, rahmatullahi alayhim. And this hadith is considered acceptable. Once the Torah was brought to the Prophet wasallam, and he was sat on a cushion. And when it was brought, he got off the cushion, placed it down and put the Torah on top of it. But today, how do we scold people who might place the Qur'an on a cushion, for example? And prefer not to place the Qur'an on the floor, for example? We should take the middle path of servants of Allah. The Qur'an is a book that deserves to be revered. Now, the scholars, yes, have differed with regards to putting the Qur'an on the floor, and is it permitted, and is it not permitted, with a statement from Ibn Abbas radiallahu anh, saying it's permissible. Whether it's permitted or not, and this discussion that happens at the level of the fuqaha, this is something else. But no doubt that all of them agree that giving it extra respect is better. Sometimes the discussion of permissible and not permissible is not restricted to halal and haram. It may be permitted according to some scholars to place it on the floor, but the same scholars will tell you, but it's better not to. And this is a fact, some of our mashayikh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve them. They have said that even if you listen to the Qur'an in your car, if it's possible for you to adjust the sound system to push out the sound through the back speakers which are higher, do that. Instead of the lower speakers where your feet are. Subhanallah. Today if we say this in some circles, we'll say, but this guy is being extreme. He's being extreme. They're not saying it's haram. But subhanallah, this is what I've heard them say. And I say, alhamdulillah, that this is the middle way. The Qur'an deserves diligence. The Qur'an deserves diligence. Sometimes we find ourselves sitting with our feet pointed to the Qur'an. And subhanallah, some people who do this in their culture, if somebody sat with their feet pointed to them, they would take offense. They would take offense. Some people turn the pages of the Qur'an as they turn the pages of normal books. They'll put their finger on their tongue and turn the page. Now, we're not discussing permissible, impermissible. Let's move to a level above that. Let's move to the level of responsibility. If I put my finger on my tongue and then put it on your cheek, would you like that? How would you feel? You came to see me and once you talk to me, I stick my finger in my mouth and I, I wipe it on your cheek. How would you feel? We take offense. Thus understand this, O servants of Allah. Understand that these are the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From abandoning the Qur'an is lacking this concept of respecting the Qur'an. And remember I said, we don't want to enter the realm of bid'ah. But in the same breath, we don't want to enter the realm of actually disrespecting it, thinking that this is from the Sharia. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us wisdom and understanding. Ameen. The Qur'an, brothers and sisters, was revealed to be read, and it was revealed to be memorized, and it was revealed to be listened to. But the essence behind its revelation was tadabbur, and that is to ponder over the meanings in this Qur'an, the secrets in this Qur'an, the implicits behind the explicits. Kitabun anzalnahu ilayka mubarakun ish. A blessed book we have revealed to you, O Muhammad. Why? So that they may ponder over its ayat. And that those of understanding will remember. 
So from abandoning the Qur'an is not practicing this concept of tadabbur. And this is something that lacks in the ummah today. And up to a few years ago, it lacked even in the Arab world. And walillahi alhamd, there's an active movement from the mashayikh, where they're getting together and starting up organizations dedicated towards tadabbur al-Qur'an. This concept of pondering over the Qur'an, the Qur'an, O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam, is not like any book that you and I would write. These are the words of Allah. And in this Qur'an are meanings, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens to the hearts that deserve the understanding of these meanings. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst them. That we sit with the Qur'an, and we ponder over the Qur'an. The Qur'an is so precise in its instruction. There is no word which is extra or redundant, or out of place, that we sit with every mention. And if we feel that something is extra, we spend more time there because it's not extra. And we unlock the reason behind His presence. And we grow ourselves and learn about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more and become connected to Him more. And we see value that is added to our lives. Subhanallah, this is why it's a book you can keep on reading and you never get bored. Many of you know that I've lectured on the tafsir of Surah Yusuf and other surahs, but mainly Surah Yusuf in London and in many cities in the UK. I promise you, as a personal experience, there is never a course that I teach it except that something new comes from it. And I take a point to tell it to the students that what I'm mentioning to you now is exclusive. It wasn't mentioned in the courses before. This is something that dawned upon me now, subhanallah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Yusuf and his brothers, were signs for those who ask. And as Ibn al-Qayyim says, 1,000 lessons from Surah Yusuf. If he only wrote those 1,000 lessons for us. <laughs> but it was encouragement for us to practice the dabbur, not rely on somebody else to practice it for us. He did his and he left us golden pieces of lessons and advice. But this is for us as well, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam. Inshallah, we have this two-day program that is titled Tadabbur al-Qur'an at Al-Muntada al-Islami. Inshallah, we're going to speak in a little bit more detail about Tadabbur al-Qur'an. So I, I ask you to come. And I ask you to get your family members to attend as well. If this place is, I believe it's, the places are filling up pretty fast, but still come. Inshallah, they'll find chairs for you to sit on. Because I think it's important for us to speak in a little bit more detail about Tadabbur. At least plant the seed of understanding about the dynamics of Tadabbur. And this is what I hope to do, Inshallah, when we meet over the next two days. So from abandoning the Qur'an, is not practicing Tadabbur. Is not practicing Tadabbur. Understand this, O servants of Allah. And this is something that definitely lacks, and attention is needed. And thus, request from your imams and your scholars to have sessions of Tadabbur weekly in the masajid. We have many lessons pertaining to fiqh, and many lessons pertaining to hadith. And even tafsir on a technical level, ask our imams and our scholars to sit down with us, and ponder over the Qur'an with us, that we take an ayah, ayah by ayah, it might take us one week, two weeks, where we just discuss one ayah, and we extract, and extract, and extract, by Allah I've tried this sometimes from one ayah, 11 pieces of benefit, 11 benefits from one ayah, which are the implicit, the explicit of the ayah is telling us one thing, but your pondering and deliberating over the ayah brings out other meanings. From this we can understand this. And from that we can understand that. Subhanallah. And it just makes you more amazed and encourages you more 
to go to the next ayah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding. Perhaps I will share with you some of my experiences with tadabbur in the next couple of days, bidnillahi ta'ala. So, understand this, O servants of Allah. And all children of Adam, that this Qur'an is a light. It requires us understanding it. It requires us pondering over it. It's a light. How can it be a light for us when we don't understand it? When we don't try and take the maximum we can from it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَوَ مَنْ كَانَ مَيْتًا فَأَحْيَيْنَاهُ وَجَعَلْنَا لَهُ نُورًا يَمْشِي بِهِ فِي النَّاسِ كَمَمْ مَثَلُهُ فِي الظُّلُمَاتِ لَيْسَ بِخَارِجٍ مِنْهَا this is this Qur'an. Allah says, Can the one who is dead, spiritually dead, فَأَحْيَيْنَا We made him spiritually alive. How? وَجَعَلْنَا لَهُ نُورًا Through this Qur'an. Through this revelation. How can he be the same as the one who is in darkness? And no matter how hard he tries, he cannot extract himself from this darkness. وَالْعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ Inshallah, we'll, we'll discuss this in detail over the next couple of days. ta'ala. So in a nutshell, Tadabbur refers to spending time with the Qur'an in a way that allows you to learn from the secrets of the Qur'an. My dear brothers and sisters, from abandoning the Qur'an, and this is specifically cited by Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, as well as others, as well as others, is not using the Qur'an as a cure. Subhanallah. This has been cited as a category that falls under the complaint of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the day of Qiyamah. That we never used the Qur'an to cure us. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He describes honey in the Qur'an as a cure. But He describes it as a cure for mankind. All of mankind. The believers and the disbelievers. But when he discusses the Qur'an and cites it as a cure, he says it's a cure for who? It's a cure and mercy for the mu'minin, the believers. For the believers. So the Qur'an is a cure. But its realm is not specific to the external. To the external. It's a spiritual cure as well. It cures the ailments of the heart. The doubts of the heart. It cures the weak iman of the self. This is the Qur'an. When we feel weak, when our iman is weak, we should read Qur'an. With the intention of it curing our iman. When we feel low, we should read the Qur'an. With the intention of it curing us, because the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said it's a shifa. But He said for the believers, which means it has an effect on this iman. This is tadabbur by the way. Without us trying, we've extracted a benefit. Right? Because Allah didn't make honey specific to the believers. He cited it as a cure for the people. But with the Qur'an, it was specific to the believers. And what's the difference between the believer and the disbeliever? Iman. Thus, it's a cure for weak iman. And a cure for a doubtful heart. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect our hearts from the sicknesses of the heart. I mean, the heart spiritually becomes sick, just as it physically becomes sick. And I've discussed this in a talk titled The Heart. It's online for reference for those who want to learn more about the sicknesses of the heart and its cures. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from us. So the heart becomes sick. And from curing the heart is this Qur'an. Is this Qur'an. And not utilizing it as a cure is from abandoning the Qur'an. Is from abandoning the Qur'an. We know even in Ruqya we use the Qur'an. The Qur'an is recited. And many of us become sick today and our first point of reference is the pharmacy. 
and the physical medicine. And we're not saying that that shouldn't be the case. We should take the means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made a means. And medicine through experience is a means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has established on earth to acquire a cure. But don't forget that the Qur'an also is a means to you being cured, and even greater means to you being cured. Thus we should be diligent with regards to the Qur'an and our sickness, both physical as well as spiritual. So these are from the few sightings, brothers and sisters, in our explanation of the ayah, وَقَالَ الرَّسُولُ يَا رَبْ إِنَّ قَوْمِ اتَّخَذُوا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ مَهْجُورًا these are the few examples cited by our scholars, rahmatullahi alayhim, pertaining to this term mahjuran, which is abandoning the Qur'an. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at this juncture, just before we begin our salatul isha, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this period between the adhan and the iqamah, a period cited as a time when du'as are accepted and answered. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from amongst those that complete the mushaf regularly. Once every month at least. Ibn Abbas radiallahu an is reported to have said that a person who doesn't complete the Qur'an once every month has practiced hajr, or hajr al-Qur'an, which is the abandoning of the Qur'an. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to raise us with the family of the Qur'an on the day of Qiyamah. To make the Qur'an an intercessor for us on the day of Qiyamah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from amongst those that are told to seek their destination in Jannah based on this Qur'an. We know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell those who are regular with the Qur'an to read and rise. And their last ayah or the place that they reach upon reciting the last ayah is their position in Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those that has a position set in Jannah based on the Qur'an. Ameen. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to gather us in Jannah with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'een and those that were truly dutiful and diligent when it came to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ameen. Hada wallahu a'lam. Everything correct said, my dear brothers and sisters, is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and He is perfect. And any mistakes are from myself and shaitan, and I seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. I love you all for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and I'm grateful to your invite and hospitality, and look forward to the next two days together, as we complete three days together, bi'ithnillahi ta'ala, with the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين سبحان الله وبحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته